Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Original Sin, Jonah Goldberg is back at it, and 64 teams in college football? What do they all have in common? They're part of our best and worst takes of the week. And if you're watching on our Rumble channel, you know by now, I'm Andrew Coppins, and I'm flying solo on this Fish Fry Friday edition of Critical Thinking. Good Friday to you. Yes, it is the 11th of August. We're almost midway through this month flying by, and hopefully today's show won't just fly by for you. I am flying solo. Uh, Nothing wrong with Pat, just a scheduling conflict for him today, so uh, gave him the day off. And, of course, it is the best and worst of the week. Uh, We're going to crown a brand new Richard of the week, and, of course, We're going to give you, well, not the B, but a video that should hopefully inspire you a little bit. And then my new feature on this program, the Friday funny video, Um, just a straight up funny video that we saw this week. and, And each of us will be able to choose one when Pat is here to do the Friday shows with me. But there's a lot to get into. So why don't we just hit the ground running. We're going to do it up front. The worst takes of the week. CNN features very prominently in a lot of these. So with that being said, folks, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, the first of CNN's worst takes this week. And hint, they don't like that. um, You don't like them. When you hear the Ukraine exchange there, it's like watching the open of an old Tucker Carlson show. He's not there anymore, but that's what it is. And these are busy people. These are hardworking people. There are too many Democrats who want to say they're deplorables or, you know, why talk to these people? There are millions of them. 
Uh, this is a family that literally is, is an economic anchor in the community. The business started in the basement, employs 80 people. The new solar company employs 15 people in a part of the country that has been devastated economically and challenged economically the last 25 years. They're good people. They raise money for the Girl Scouts. They go to church. But they believe things that would break our fact check machine. That's just a fact. And they don't trust us. They think we're part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah, they think we're part of the problem. Gee, I don't know why they would think that you're part of the problem here, CNN. I, I, I just, I hmm. It couldn't be that you spent four years um, propping up the Russian collusion hoax. It couldn't be that as of today, when I go to CNN.com, in fact, let me do it as we are live here. I'm going to do CNN.com. And I'm going to... Go to the search bar and type in Tony Bobolinsky. Yep, that's right. Tony Bobolinsky does not come up on the search. That's right. Nothing. Nothing on CNN.com. In fact, let me make sure that I do this correctly and spell Bobolinsky correctly just to make sure. Yep, still nothing. It couldn't be that you have ignored until you were forced to deal with it. The entire Hunter Biden laptop story. It couldn't be that you are literally the epitome of fake news. It couldn't be that you have proven to be untrustworthy. That couldn't be the case at all, right? Nah, brah, nah. I mean, just the the utter lack of self-awareness from this group is a Astounding to me. An absolutely horrific take there. Oh, well, uh, uh, they just don't like us. And now, before I get into the other CNN worst take, um, one of the things that we've always talked about again on this program is what? Doing business with those that won't insult you or being around people who are not insulting you to your face. Just just give them no quarter. Give them nothing of your time, your money, and your effort when it comes to buying products, researching products, all of this stuff. Well, I'm about to show you an example because let's remember Daily Wire. Uh, they came out with Jeremy's razors as a response to Harry's razors and some of the things that were going on at that company. So when you're going to your Target and you're buying your Harry's razors because, oh, my God, did you see the price of Gillette razors? Um, I want you to think about this. You know, created a really sort of unbalanced dynamic um, and made the co-parenting thing really hard to actually live in practice. Um, and so, you know, that experience, you know, was, was one that led us to this conclusion that, hey, we need not just a general parental leave policy, but an equal parental leave policy um, that treats birthing and non-birthing parents equally. Um, so we've implemented that and give everybody four months regardless of whether you're the birthing parent or the non-birthing parent. <laughs> Thanks. Now, I will say this. Um, I think it's great that you're seeing both men and women, uh, birthing parents and non-birthing parents, being able to uh, take the same time off for the betterment of that child's development. I will say that. I think that is actually scientifically a good thing. It's also good because it promotes what? quality family values in so much as if you use the words man and woman. That's why that's the worst take of the week. 
birthing parent and non-birthing parent? You mean the, the woman and the man. I don't give a rip what you decide to, again, self-identify as. It is not my job to live in your subjective reality. And it is not your company's job to live in your subjective reality. Because when you go and let's say you're a trans man, right? AKA a woman, and you suddenly are giving birth. What is the insurance company coding that as? What are the doctors thinking? What is biology at work there? It's all female. That's the reality. It's not, well, we see these parts and so we just identify that way and we're assigned that at birth. No, we're not. It, it is literally the reality of biology given to us by God. So miss me with your birthing parent and non-birthing parent talk there, Harry's razors. All right. We have got to go back to the CNN well here. And this is like the trifecta if you're into the betting world, which apparently everybody on Iowa State and Iowa football programs is, if you've been paying attention to that story. Um, absolutely insane the amount of money these people were betting and the amount of times they were betting on their own freaking games, including, by the way, at least one player for both Iowa and Iowa State betting on them to lose games. Luckily, they had almost next to no impact on the actual game itself, which is great, especially the Texas-Iowa State game from 2021 in which Iowa State won 30-7, in which one, if not two players, bet against Iowa State winning that game. <clears throat> but speaking of trifecta, CNN, Jonah Goldberg, and more proof that the GOP the donor class, the GOP, absolutely hates you. I do think, though, we're seeing time and time again that political contests are being nationalized. So small donors in Iowa are, are they're more important as an indicator of ground uh, grassroots support than anything else. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I just also think that we are dealing with a time where there are a lot of people. There was a there was a lot of cheering and and self-congratulation about the rise of small donors a decade ago. And now small donors are actually one of the biggest problems for democracy, for the GOP, because um, small donor, large donors actually have a strategic view about moderation, who can win, who can't. Small donors really are just venting their spleen with yep. their credit card, and, um, and they lock candidates into positions that can hurt them in a the general election. Such an important point. I want to do an entire discussion on that later because. You're um, so. In reality land. The person who wrote the book that's on my bookshelf behind me um, and behind all of this. Um, this book called liberal fascism. He literally wrote the playbook for quote unquote grassroots and red pilling people. In fact, I would argue it is the I would argue it is either course 102 or course 101 if you want to red pill somebody. At least it used to be. 
That's Jonah Goldberg. He literally wrote how you red pill yourself and how you hold the GOP to account for and combat liberal fascism. When you see it wherever it exists, notice he used the word liberal, not democratic fascism, not uh, the Democrat Party is fascist. Liberal fascism. Liberal can mean you are in the Republican Party, can mean you're a Democrat, it can mean all sorts of different things. Now, do, do I partially agree with something that he had to say in this clip? Yes, I actually do. And what it is, is that he is right, that the larger donor class cares more about moderation and quote-unquote winning than purity. That is absolutely true, in that the small donor class cares more about purity. That is absolutely also true. Those two things are 100% true. However, why this is the worst take is that the next part that comes out of his mouth is what? That holding them to that purity, making them more in lockstep with the rhetoric, right? And holding them to account for what they say they support or locking them into more ideologically pure positions is somehow unelectable. I I just want to reiterate this. Is that the case with Ron DeSantis? Is that the case with Kim Reynolds? Is that the case with Christy Nome? Although you can argue about her intellectual purity a little bit there. Is that the case with people who say who they are and mean what they say and say what they mean? No. What Jonah Goldberg is saying is you have to lie to your base. You have to tell them one thing to get their money and then do another. What the base is actually claiming, clamoring for and what Jonah Goldberg seems to be missing is authenticity. It is part of the persona, if you will, of Donald Trump. However, I can make a massive argument that Donald Trump is as inauthentic a politician as possible. Now, personally, he's just who he is, and that is some of the authenticity that exists. But when it comes to what he says, he means what he says he supports and what he actually supports and what he actually has done, you can make a large case that he is exactly the large donor's best friend because he largely has not done the ideologically pure thing. Now, he's done some of it, but not enough of it in my book. Let's take a look at the Ron DeSantis's of the world. Do you really think that he doesn't mean what he says, and he doesn't say what he means? Do you really think that uh, he's intimidated by the large donor class? Do you really think all of that? No. He is who he is. He That is the number one thing that I think you can drive people towards when it comes to Ron DeSantis. He's authentic. He is who he is, and sometimes that's awkward, and sometimes that's uh, a little different from a political perspective. He's not going to schmooze and, you know, ooze uh, 
Donald Trump like charisma and you know cult like following that's just not going to happen because again I would if I'm taking these two Donald Trump and and uh, Ron DeSantis I'm going to choose Ron DeSantis if these are the two options why because that I believe that at least Ron DeSantis for all the things that I think about some of the authoritarian moves that he's made in the state of Florida I can make the argument that that is the only place that you get to be authoritarian is, well, guess what? The state, right? So, and by the state, I mean the state that he is in charge of. I mean, that's part of the job of the governorship. Um, it's it's kind of how this federalist system was set up, to be honest. Now, do I prefer the ability for him to open the state up to more freedom? Yes, and if you use your authoritarian power, quote unquote, to gobble up more freedom for more people, that's a good thing. And I think you see some of that with what he did with COVID. But my point is this. Ron DeSantis is authentic with the policies and the proof that he wants these policies in action and has made them work in action. Whereas Donald Trump is all talking Eh, 10% of that action. I, I just. So you're telling me that you hate the base, that how dare we have policies and principles and goals, and then we hold them to account for that. This is how we end up with Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy. This is how we ended up with uh, John McCain, Mitt Romney, Paul Ryan, all of these people. And in fact, Paul Ryan was actually one of the base's best candidates until the donor class got into him. Until suddenly, uh-oh, uh, I, I I need to play ball with the donor class. I I I, I got to abandon this to get what? More money? More power? It was interesting to see how Paul Ryan's career arc went. But with that being said, I, could you tell me that you hate your base any more than that? From a guy who literally wrote the playbook about the base waking up. Who literally wrote the playbook on how do you fight the fight of liberal fascism? How do you fight against that? By being active, by by cultivating candidates that believe that. Now, there's a difference between, be, between compromise and being pragmatic. Pragmatic GOP is how we ended up where we are. Pragmatic GOP is how we ended up with trillion-dollar debts, uh, deficits on the budget every year during Donald Trump's presidency. Pragmatic GOP is how we've been steamrolled during COVID. Pragmatic GOP, that's how. Maybe we should be trying something a little different. Let's compute what has taken place and let's maybe course correct. Maybe, just maybe. And maybe, just maybe, it should be we the people, not you the rich. And what do I mean by that? Look, hey, if you want to use your your riches and your wealth to speak politically, have at it. I'm not saying don't do that. What I am saying is at the same time that that is occurring, we the people also have power. 
That's the beautiful part of all of this. There is not one part of the party that has all of the power or one part of the electorate that has all of the power or should have all of the power. And how dare the $25 donation crowd, right? The millions and millions of people that do that hold power over the few who bankroll the rest of the campaign. Unbelievable. But folks, I'm not done because I have saved the absolute worst of the worst for you. Hey, Disney, tell me you're grooming kids without telling me you're grooming kids. Let's get dressed. Today, we're looking at the most iconic friend group, Disney's Mickey and Friends. And the character most like me is Minnie Mouse. And I have the most perfect dress to start the look. It even has little Mickeys on it. And I love how bold of a red it is. It's just like Minnie. I'm thinking of layering a fun collar like this one, just to give it a little more flair. But now I feel like the dress needs more shape. So let's add this white petticoat under it. It's so fun to move in, and I love how it peeks out at the bottom. And to add even more shape, this belt should do the trick. Now for hair, I'm thinking of doing space buns. So let's pull out my hair donuts, and just like that, it kind of looks like I have mini ears. And Minnie wears gloves, so I need gloves. I'm also going to add this watch with Minnie and all her friends on it. It's so cute. But now, to be as bold as Minnie... I need a bold red lip. It's a classic and it's so pretty. Now let's add some black tights and pull out the iconic yellow pump. I'm just like Minnie Mouse. But wait, something's missing. I know. How could I forget? A giant red bow, the biggest fashion statement. And now the look is complete. I literally look like Minnie Mouse and I fit in perfectly with Mickey and his friends. The bow with the dress and the shoes really sealed the deal. Now I'm fashionable, bold, and fun just like Minnie Mouse. What in the absolute hell? Now, you might say, well, um, it's just a TikTok influencer or whatever. However, this is a series on Disney's style TikTok channel. This is not just some random person deciding that they want to show you how they dress up like mini friggin' mouse. No, this is actually sanctioned by the fine folks at the Walt Disney Company and their Disney style page. Cian, I think, is the name of this wonderful individual, Cian Altman. Apparently, non binary, whatever BS is going on. Uh, Disney, do you not understand that we are all paying attention? Do you not understand that you are destroying your brand? Do you not understand that you are getting your ass handed to you every single time you put a movie together because of this kind of crap? I am telling you right now that you're going to see lawsuits very, very soon, if not already in the works, for breaking their fiduciary duty. Because what are we seeing? We are seeing increasingly high um, vacancy rates at Disney parks, at their hotels and resorts. We are seeing massive ass whoopings at the box office in terms of the spend to make a movie and what they're getting back. And oh, by the way, the albatross that is ESPN's multi-billion dollar 
bet on sports and live events that is not paying off to the point in which Disney is attempting to spin ESPN back off into its own entity or find a quote-unquote partner to go into business to basically take ESPN over. And that is actually the, the bubble that I predicted about a decade ago that would burst. I've been on this train for a very long time because what we saw during Colin Kaepernick and what we've seen during leaner economic times is that the model of live sports broadcasting and the massive amounts of money that are being paid out for it is that there has to be a return. That can't just be that we're just going to show it to you. This is a consumable product just like everything else. And they have been doing what? Gobbling up billions and billions and billions of dollars and spitting it back out at these you know, college football conferences, at the uh, pro sports level, right? We just see... You know, ESPN signing that deal with the NHL a few years ago. Um, They've got the NBA rights and their ratings are tanking, which does what to their ability to sell advertising space? It decreases the value of that advertising space, thus the decrease in the value that they can return on their investment. And by the way, it's a multi-billion dollar investment. Same thing with the NFL. We saw this during the Colin Kaepernick kneeling and all that the amount of money that was being charged for a Super Bowl ad was actually down in terms of its overall year-over-year increase in terms of the the value of of that 30-second or 60-second spot. We've seen it over and over again, and this bubble appears to finally be bursting. But on this level, this is the cultural bursting of the bubble of what Disney has produced for its image for my entire life, my father's entire life, and part of my grandfather's life. So for f- almost four generations now, I would say arguably three for sure. And this next generation, uh, the sons and daughters of people from uh, the early millennial, late Gen X, were likely the, the, that group is likely the last to have that kind of family values image of Disney out there. That this current crop of young people don't see Disney the same way. But that notwithstanding, they have taken one of the most iconic brands, one of the most iconic companies, and crapped all over it. And instead of course correcting, instead of saying, you know what, this is something that, <coughs> that our consumers are not liking, that the vast majority of people are not consuming anymore. Because they are publicly traded. That would be their fiduciary duty, by the way, to say, we need to change and we need to do something. We need to pivot. We need to do this because we're losing money hand over fist. Instead, they just keep shoving it down your throat. Again, do business with those that won't insult you. This is a case of them insulting you and then slapping you across the face. Because people are wide awake to what Disney is doing these days, and they don't like it. They're telling you at the box office, they're telling you by all of the things that we've discussed you know, just a few minutes ago. They are telling you they don't like what you're doing, yet you continue to do it. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What in the app? Absolute hell is going on. Okay. So with that being said, I think now is a great time for us to crown a brand new Richard of the Week. And I suppose it would be very helpful if I actually pulled up the, you know, I don't know, opening to Richard of the Week. All right, so it's just me, myself, and I, so I'm the only one that matters when it comes to nominating and crowning a brand new Richard of the Week. Will it be new or will it be old? We'll discuss. So we've got three nominees this week. Nominee number one, Donald Trump, um, for his comments on Chris Christie and also demanding fealty from everybody in the GOP, whether that's another candidate or you or me but also not giving it in return. Um, that's very Richard-like. I'm not going to sign a, a loyalty pledge. Uh, not at all. Not at all. I'm not, I'm not doing that uh, just to make uh, the debate stage. I'm not, I'm not going to sign a pledge to um, make sure that the nominee of the GOP is somebody that I'll support. But, but hey, everybody must support me. Bow down to me and my cult. Okay, sure. Secondly, don't know this person's name, but... Uh, Riley Gaines was out on the speaking circuit as she has been lately talking about and supporting women staying in women's sports. Um, she ran into a protester at one of her talks and the protester literally spit in her face. Uh, you can't get more Richard like that than that. You absolutely cannot. Unless you're a man and, and you just kick a man in the, the bollocks for no reasons. Um, that might be the worst or more worse than or worser or whatever the language is um, than spitting in a man's face. Um, yeah, I'll say that. And then third and finally, Mike Cernovich makes an appearance for the very first time as a nominee uh, for his attacks on, on Bob Vanderplatz as a fake Christian who's just using the movement to make money and, um, and uh, is not somebody who has any sort of intellectual honesty and definitely doesn't have any legitimate influence, except for he literally does all have that legitimate influence, definitely is not a fake Christian and definitely has a lot of leadership to him. Um, I, it's just, it amazes me 
the lengths that the MAGA Forever cult will go to. And Mike Cernovich is in that cult, by the way. Just the lengths that uh, people will go to. So, with that being said, who in the heck is my pick for Richard of the Week? It's Mike Cernovich. Uh, I, I just... We've got to be better than than what this is offering to us as a quote-unquote influencer with a quote-unquote major audience. The intellectual dishonesty of, of of that entire take on Mike Cernovich and people or on uh, Bob Vanderplatz from Mike Cernovich and other individuals for daring to call out the foibles of Donald Trump in the 2016 election and and the disingenuousness of ah see he said never Trump once right and in a hashtag and what are hashtags usually used for searchability uh, if you're doing this from a business perspective from a um, I'm going to attempt to gain an audience perspective from a I'm not using this for effect perspective. If you know anything about Bob Vanderplatz, he is about as genuine and original and honest as you could possibly get. I, it just amazes me the the depths that these people will sink to. But before we get into the Best of the week. I think we need a little bit of funny after those insane worst takes and the the crowning of Cernovich. And if you know me at all, I've got a pretty dry sense of humor. I'm pretty sarcastic. I love a good pun. Well, this funny is all of it literally rolled into one. Knock, knock. Who's there? Daisy. Daisy who? They see me rolling. I mean, who doesn't love an alpaca rolling to riding dirty? I, I, just saying. Just saying. That was an absolutely hilarious one. I uh, found that on Instagram the other day, and, and I still can't stop laughing at it. So uh, that's kind of the stuff that we'll do with the Friday Funnies is like, you know, just these short, really funny videos um, that, that are always out there uh, for us to consume. Um, so whoever created that, congratulations. I can't stop laughing at it. All right. So let's get into our best takes of the week here. And we're going to start with the world of sports. And this one actually comes from the fans in the world of sports. This comes from the Baltimore Orioles in a story that we covered on WTF Wednesday in which um, I believe it's Kevin Freeman or Kevin Owens, can't remember exactly off the top of my head. But the Orioles broadcaster um, getting indefinitely suspended for daring to call out the absolute abysmal record of the Baltimore Orioles until this season against the Tampa Bay Rays. Like, literally, they've won no series until, well, that series that he was talking about. And Baltimore, by the way, is one of the best teams in baseball right now and one of the most fun to watch as well. Um, super entertaining baseball if you're into baseball. Um, that being said, um, watch what the Orioles fans do on a national broadcast. And the chance of free Kevin Brown raining down the... Orioles television play-by-play announcer. I love this fan base standing behind their announcer. 
free Kevin Brown. Sorry for misspeaking there, but Kevin Brown, the Orioles broadcaster, still somehow suspended. I, for what? I have no idea because this wasn't like something that wasn't known because it was a premeditated graphic that came up as well. Um, so this was something that somebody down the line uh, approved because it's a real talking point. How do you beat? How do you become the division winner? How do you become one of the best teams in baseball if you are not beating other really good teams? And to point out the fact that you've sucked against them and now you don't is a good thing. But equally as good, Brian Anderson, uh, who covers or or is a sometimes Brewers only announcer and then does national announcing for uh, Major League Baseball on, I believe it's TBS, as well as uh, various other uh, sports throughout the year. Um, one of the best overall broadcasters out there right now. I absolutely love me some Brian Anderson. Um, but big up for him helping the fans in the home audience understand what is being chanted and for supporting his fellow announcer. Uh, one of the best takes out there this week. All right. We also have one more best take from the world of sports, and this one actually comes from UCLA. One last time in the Pac-12, soon to be in the Big Ten, talking about the realignment of college football. And Chip Kelly said the following, Notre Dame is an independent in football, but they're in a conference for everything else. Why aren't we all independent for football? Take the 64 teams in Power 5 and make that one division. Take the 64 teams in Group of 5, make that another division. We play for a championship, they play for a championship, and no one else gets affected. Our sport is different than everybody else. We only play once a week. Travel's not a big deal for football, but it is a big deal for other sports. He's absolutely right. And I've been talking about this for the longest time. If we're going to go full commercialization and full paying of players, which we're basically heading for, Make it independent. Make it its own entity. It can still be associated with the universities, but it doesn't need to be associated with the NCAA. That's already dead and dusted. So make it its own entity. Make it independent of whatever is going on. You've got 64 teams. You can regionalize that, or you can not regionalize it. You can have your different conferences, however you would like. And then... You actually play a legitimate championship at the end of all of it. You could take all the, the, the various conference champions. You could play 16 teams. You could say, hey, you got a winning record. We're going to play a, a, a playoff, however you want to handle it. I think it would make the sport better. I think it would, at least commercially, make it more stable. It would make things easier to deal with. And more importantly, by the way, one of the things that the group of five has kind of hung on to is this ability to play those bigger programs. But in today's world of streaming, in today's world of, of TV rights and multiple uh, channels trying to gobble those up, and in today's world of video everywhere for the NFL and elsewhere, they don't need to legitimize themselves by playing up. Yeah, it gives them money currently. It gives them a lot of money. But play play that championship. Maybe group up with the FCS. Because the FCS, by the way, is not far off from playing the group of five. So maybe you guys look to team up together and create um, some 
entity that also has a championship to it. I, I, I don't think it would delegitimize anything. It's just a different setup. The money would be different. Absolutely, it would. But you need then to just be creative about it. I think this is a brilliant take by Chip Kelly outside of saying, hey, we're no longer just the commercial feeder league for the NFL. And guess what, NFL? You're on your own and you figure out how to do this. We're going to go back to the model that we like. And by the way, we're not going to commercialize it. I think that would be an interesting uh, way to go about it. Um, and by the way, we're going to go back to an amateur model. Um, that That's what we're going to do. I think it would be interesting to see how that plays itself out. I, I, you know, outside of that, I think taking the entity that is the, the power five conferences and, and putting them into their own situation helps to stabilize the sport in what is a really unstable time. I, I think you know, the college football playoff as it's been expanded, as it uh, has looked like it will go to, needs to be scrapped, and we need to go that direction. So big up to Chip Kelly for saying it like it is. Now, I'm going to say this because this is probably one of the more heady best takes I've ever seen, but um, this is a great theological take. I think, as a Catholic, this is a great take from somebody who's not Catholic on theology. Original sin, which is now seen as something so backwards, you know, like, oh, that's an oppressive idea that you are that you are sinful. No, it basically just means that you are not perfect. You're not God and you will have a tendency towards evil things and you have to work hard to not do that. Yeah, well, sin, what does sin mean to miss the mark? So, yeah, you know. Do you miss the mark? Yes. Well, then you sin. <laughs> Simple, right? Yeah. And that's not heavy. That's actually very redeeming. And it's very democratic and it's very egalitarian because we all are sinners. Absolutely. We've said this a thousand times on this show. We are all sinners. We are born with original sin. Thanks to Adam and Eve. If you are a Christian, that is a fundamental reality. And some of how the different sects of Christianity deal with that concept makes them different. There's no question about that. You know, Catholic guilt and all this other stuff and and uh, and how we deal with sin is different than how Protestants would deal with sin and 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 non-denominational uh, you know groups would deal with sin, blah 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 blah. But this is an absolute fundamental reality as if this is something that we should shy away from. No, 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 no. To admit that we are sinful is to understand that we are God's children. To admit that we are that way is absolutely the first step to making sure that we attempt to be less sinful in our lives. That's the point of confession. That's the point of reconciliation. That's the point of repentance, right? Sin and repentance. If you are an unrepentant sinner, that means you continue to do the thing that you are sinning for. We, we can go all the way back to the Old Testament, right? And, and see all of the kings of Judah and the kings of Israel and all of their sins and them turning away from God over and over, generation after generation after generation. So um, recognizing that we are sinful by our very nature, 
is actually a very helpful and healthy thing to understanding how we can be better human beings. But uh, before we leave, I want to leave with two things. Number one, um, folks, this is this is uh, kind of how I'm feeling right now because as we are recording this, um, I'm a big-time soccer fan. I support Celtic FC and Tottenham Hotspur um, in the EPL. I support Tottenham. Um, I've done that for a very long time. Being Catholic, having a large Irish uh, history, Celtic FC, in my family at least, um, the large Irish history on both sides of my family. Um, very important uh, club for our, for people like myself to be able to support. Um, but today we get the news that uh, Harry Kane, with the greatest player I have ever seen don the Tottenham jersey, is now off to Bayern Munich. Um, the reality of, of not seeing him play anymore has me feeling like this. And Andre Chisano, what a block. And again, it's the same player on the deck. And uh, the referee's given the free. Especially 48 hours, 72 hours, whatever it's been here, um, before uh, Tottenham take to the pitch for their first official EPL match of the season. Uh, just a kick in the kick in the groin. But the reality is, if Harry Kane's not going to sign the contract, what are you supposed to do if he's not going to sign it? And you need a rebuild. And so let's get that rebuild going. Let's use the funds to do so under Ange Postacoglu, who happens to have been Celtics manager over the last couple of seasons. Um, so the tie-in there is absolutely amazing. So it's going to be an interesting season. If you support soccer, if you support uh, a specific club, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at the Coppins Show. Let me know who you're supporting, and, and let's have some banter uh, across the season. But I want to leave you not with that thought of just swift kicking the, you know, you know where, not once but twice but three times. I, I want to leave you with this because this is one of the coolest stories out there. And this is... Um, a song that's kind of been blowing up from Oliver Anthony and it's uh North of North Richmond. And I think this song speaks volumes to what's really happening and how people are really feeling in America. And his story that comes with this is absolutely amazing. So I'm going to play this and then I'm going to tell you the story, but this is Oliver Anthony. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Wish 
politicians Look out for miners And not just miners On an island somewhere Lord, we got folks in the street Ain't got nothing to eat And the whole beast Milk and welfare Is keep on kicking them down Lord, it's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me For people like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is All it is Living in the new world With an old soul These rich men know the rich men Absolutely. I think this could be the anthem of the 2024 campaign. I really, really honestly believe that that speaks to where a lot of people are, the pain, the despair, the desperation. And ironically, the story of this song, uh, Jason Howerton um, kind of helped make this viral. And uh, he's about uh, helping dads and and uh, telling the story of dads and and kind of supporting them. Um, and Oliver Anthony's uh, story here is amazing. As Jason Howerton points out on Twitter, at Jason underscore Howerton. In the past, Oliver was struggling with mental health and coping with alcohol. In the depths of despair, just about one month ago, folks, think about this, one month, Oliver got on his knees, broke down in tears. Though he was not a religious man, that night he promised God to get sober if he helped him follow his dream. Oliver was about 30 days sober when somebody reached out and asked him to come and record a song for his YouTube channel. That song was Rich Men North of Richmond. Within days, that song has now gone viral on social media. I just the power of prayer, the power of of giving yourself up to that higher power, saying, my life is not in my hands, my life is in your hands. The power that, guess what? I will take care of you if you just release yourself into my care. In the depths of that moment, within 30 days, here he is. He got himself sober. He did the things that he needed to do. He gave his life up. At our lowest of lows, don't ever forget that. At our highest of highs, don't ever forget that. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It is about God. God's will be done. This is such a powerful song, such a powerful moment, such a powerful message of where we are in this country right now that I'm making this Part of my campaign, if I'm a Ron DeSantis, because this is the connection. This is that connecting point. There are so many people that feel this despair, so many people that feel all of this. And if you can be the champion and say, hey, I get it. I understand. And I'm going to make sure we pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. I'm going to make sure that we never have you feel like you're forgotten again. The forgotten man, quote unquote. 
by the way, this this isn't uh, white, black, Asian. There are people all of all stripes that feel this. And if you can speak to that despair, by the way, this speaks to the despair of people in the inner city here in Chicago because they're speaking the same language just in a little bit of a different term. They're saying the same thing, just different words. That's the despair that's being felt in a lot of communities across this country right now is that politicians don't understand and there's no connection. So let's make this the connecting point. Let's make the song the connecting point. And it doesn't even have to be political, by the way. This is cultural. This is spiritual. So make that your connecting point. But man, is that powerful. And by the way, you should be able to find that song. Again, that's Rich Men, North of Richmond, soon on Spotify. Um, he just joined, uh, by the way, up on Twitter. Um, so if you go to Jason underscore Howerton, you'll be able to find all of the information on this. Very, very powerful. We're hoping to get Jason on the program to talk about this and, and his movement with helping dads, period, amen, because I think it's one of the greatest spiritual movements that we need to have in this country. But I wanted to leave you up with that heading into the weekend. Powerful. And until Monday, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals this weekend. And as always, Matthew 547. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.